Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From iHeart Podcasts, I am Fab Five Freddy, and this is 50 Years of Hip Hop Podcast Series. Without question, hip hop game changers and innovators always included women. Going way back to the beginning of this hip hop music game, talking about Shah Rock, aka Mother of the Mic, to Queen Latifah and her incredible UNITY, to MC Light one of Brooklyn's finest, these women and others are recognized as the pioneering ladies of hip-hop and significant to helping amplify female voices within this rap genre. Dr. Joy, licensed psychologist and host of the mental health podcast, Therapy for Black Girls. So when I think about the history of women in hip-hop and their contributions to the genre, I really feel like there would be no hip-hop without women. I think as we think about most fields, you know, women make significant contributions, right? And there is a whole perspective and a whole viewpoint that you don't get if women are not a part of any kind of background. And so when I think about, you know, some of the earliest participants in hip hop, like Queen Latifah, you know, just thinking about like the kinds of things they would rap about and incorporate into their music were just very different than I think what men were talking about at the time. And I think that women really pose like an interesting um, mirror in a lot of ways to kind of hold up like, hey, like the field can be about more than just these things that people are talking about. Like there are all these concerns that women have in terms of equality and like sexual assault and domestic violence, like all of these things that I think were really important to talk about as a part of the music, as well as just like making fun music, right? Like I think just making good songs and like things for people to enjoy has also been an important part of women's contribution. Rod Digger, rapper and actress. Well, I feel like the perspective of women, is particularly in, in hip-hop, is a, is a unique because we have these hard exteriors because we all understand that it's a male-dominated sport. But at the same time, we bring the nurture to the situation. We bring the element to hip-hop that probably you wouldn't have gotten if it was just men. With men, we know there's a lot of bravado and machismo. But we as women... We tapped into our softer sides and we, we know how to bring the feelings out of men and, and things like that. So I would say we are probably responsible for the ladies love LL. <laughs> you know, we, we get lover boys. We get the we get the dear mama like men being able to tap into their feelings and, and, and understand the importance of, of, of a woman and, and hold us in that regard. Shanti Das, music industry executive. Some of the founding women of hip hop from an artist perspective, you know, I would have to shout out Roxanne Shante, Queen Latifah, MC Light, Moni Love, Yo-Yo. They were some of the first women of hip hop. And, and of course, Missy Elliott, who came later. But 
the ladies that I just mentioned, they kicked it off. They made it cool for female rappers, right? They opened the doors for female rappers and, and made it possible. And quite honestly, you know, not as big of an artist, but I got to give it up to JJ Fag because coming, you know, from the A, like I love JJ Fag. You know, we listened because it, it kind of felt it fell into that booty shape vibe for us. We like the cross, the cross that go boom. So shout out to JJ Fab. You know, I was a young girl listening to Roxanne Shantae and all the different versions, right, of Roxanne Roxanne that came out back in the day. And of course, like when Queen Latifah did U and I T Y, like that was everything for me as a black woman. Like it gave me a sense of pride as a woman. I love that, you know, we had female rappers that were holding their own and getting the respect that they deserve because we know that hip hop was a very male, it still is a very male dominated industry. And so those ladies made it okay for women to be in hip hop as artists, as executives like myself. And it just made us feel good about ourselves and it created this sense of unity. I do feel like when those ladies, the MC Lights, the Queen Latifahs, the Yo-Yos and, and all those ladies came out initially, Moni Loves, they instill unity and pride amongst females within the, the black community. And then you kind of started in the 2000 decade seeing a little bit more dissension. And I think that probably just came from the competitiveness of it, right? When you had Foxy Brown and Lil' Kim, which we love them, but they, you know, sometimes people started pitting them against one another, but you didn't see that initially with the Latifas of the world. And, 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 and that's kind of frustrating. I hate that it, took a turn but that was you know the industry and you know that's what happened but those ladies really set it off some of my favorite pioneering women in rap man let me run down a few Roxanne Shantae Lisa Lee Sha Rock Mercedes Ladies Pebbly Poo Miss Melody MC Trouble Finesse and Sinquist Lady of Rage The Boss JJ Fad Cookie Crew Lady B to name a few Moni Love, British-born, Grammy-nominated rapper and radio host. Sharrock, she was a very, I've said this before in other interviews, she was a very big influence on me and one of the first women among several of the pioneering women. As far as the Mount Rushmore of women in hip-hop, she would be in that because she definitely is one of the founding folks. Also, when I got to Philly, I met and got to know the history of Lady B, who is from Philadelphia. And she actually had like a 12 minute record. I think she actually released the first solo female rap record <laughs> back in like, yeah, I think this is back in like either like the end of the 70s or the top of the 80s or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but she's up there. I would, there's, I mean, there's plenty more. I mean, Roxanne Shantae put the battery in my back. She made me fearless. She made me, when she came out and she was doing what she was doing and it was absolutely brazen and bold and fearless and talking back and like, dude, a man, what do I care? You could get some of this too. You know, she definitely put the battery in my back. So I would say her also. And if I had to put another faith in Moni's Mount Rushmore of women at the headstone of uh, hip hop culture, it would be Pebbly Poo because Pebbly Poo helped me develop my flow. Listening to Pebbly Pool, her cadences, her flow, the fun manner in which she delivers rhyme, her bubbly voice, I would say Pebbly Pool for me. So that's that's Moni's Mount Rushmore of women right there. Real honored to have had a part in Queen Latifah 
getting signed and then directing her first two music videos. DJ Mark, the 45 King in New Jersey, was making incredible beats for a crew of MCs he'd put together known as the Flavor Unit. I'd go out there to hang out with Mark, check out his beats, things he was doing. This is back in the mid 80s. One day I was hanging out with Mark and he had a tape. He says, yeah, man, you know, the Flavor Unit was all here. He would play beats and they would rhyme, you know, sharpening their skills. He said a female had stopped by and she got down on the recent tape and her name was Queen Latifah. He also mentioned she had a little bit of reggae flavor and I always been a reggae head. Mark gave me the tape. I flipped when I heard it, loved her style, rhyming, and then Punny threw the reggae flavor in there. I played it for an A&R at Tommy Boy Records, signed Queen Latifah immediately. And then I was honored to direct her first two music videos, Dance For Me and the classic Ladies First, which also featured Moni Love on the song and in the video. And that really helped blow her up. And every time it's played, it's always a thrill to see the queen doing her thing and Moni Love right there by her side. LL Cool J, actor, Rapper, entrepreneur, considered one of the best to ever do it. Oh, man, so many of them. I mean, from Pebbles, Pebbly Pool to Shot Rock to Deb to, I mean, so many of them. I mean, you know, from even like Angie B and even though they were a little later, but Blondie and all of them, they came later. But, you know, look, Shot, Pebbly Pool, um, Debbie, all of them, like for me, they were unbelievable. I mean, when I heard Shaw Rock doing the echo chamber and all that. It was crazy. Hey, I go as far as to say it was later, but even Lady B out of Philly, when she made a record, that was important to me. I heard, you know, clap your hands, everybody. When she made that record out in Philly, I was loving it. So all of those females, those were the main ones that I heard, you know, back then. You know what I'm saying? And then later on, obviously, the Shantays and all them came later on. Um, but that was the crew. Like, Shaw Rock is on Rock the Bell. She's on our channel, right? Like, they deserve to be celebrated. Again, they deserve that love. You know, a lot of people don't know about Angie Stone from The Sequence. This was one of the early Sugar Hill groups. Real strong. Funk You Right On Up was one of the big songs that Sequence had on Sugar Hill Records, a strongly voiced female group that was, once again, very early in the game. But Angie B, as she was known in the Sequence Girls, later emerged as an incredible R&V vocalist under the name Angie Stone, who also had something to do with D'Angelo's career in the beginning. Very early female in the rap game back in the days. Rod Digger. Well, I do feel... Every era had its set of circumstances to deal with. I feel like early on, the women were striving just to be treated fairly and equally and even be recognized. So that's why I feel like there was so much aggression. There was so much kind of like that, that, that force, that, that battle mentality. And then fast forward, once hip hop became a thriving multi- million billion dollar business then it became about okay what sells and we know that sex sells so ultimately the the sexuality of of women got explored more and more and then that became the the prototype for the females and i just think with every you know even now with uh you know 
a lot of the girls out here drilling and killing it. It's like they are, I feel like we always answer to what's going on with the men. So if that's, you know, if that's what the men are doing, the women say, hey, we got this. Moni Love. Well, I mean, the thing that stands out the most uh, now, as opposed to the women in the beginnings, is, of course, the sexuality. And I think that that was going to be women are embracing their sexuality and started embracing their uh, sexuality along the along the road and are comfortable with it. I think partly to do with not feeling so much like you have to fight the men. I think that's what happened. And I think that's all praises due to the women that came before. Because earlier on, there were many of us that didn't particularly want to want to even bring attention to our womanhood for the simple reason that we had so many men to fight <laughs> in this culture. You know what I mean? It's like, damn, can I get some air time? Can I get some mic time? Can I get some, some popular attention over here? Like, dudes, I'll pick everything. So it was definitely a sense of, I don't want to show my femininity right now really that much so much because these guys just running everything and we were competing with them you know but as women came out and demanded more attention time you know professional attention I mean you know what I mean like more air time more mic time and all of that more shows getting booked for as that started to happen women began to feel more comfortable about being women you know, because it then became because of these women that kicked down doors before us, it then became apparent that that was a part of the professional fight that we didn't have to lean on so much anymore. And hence, with that, a lot of women um, decided to embrace their femininity in a manner of dress. But the point being, just being comfortable in being comfortable in your curves, being comfortable in your bodily dimensions, and being nice on the mic. A lot of women felt rude to express that more later on and embrace their sexuality and things like that so you know and I do believe that there's in in just in the world of music and in the world market of music there's room for everything you know so whereas you didn't see Moni uh scantily clad in a bikini or what have you rhyming there's room for that there's room for that with another uh MC that may embrace that type of vibe and I say that in today's terms, too. There are girls that are embracing that vibe a lot more. And there are girls that don't want to embrace that vibe either. And I think that there's room for all of them. Shanti Das. So there's definitely been a change, I think, um, in terms of how female rappers evolved. Even when you think about what they wore and, you know, like the lights of the world of Tifa's, you saw them in more baggy clothing or, you know, more fully clothed. But then... You know, I think female rappers grew into their femininity, whether that was uh, a little Kim who you saw being a little bit more risque, but we loved her. It was still tastefully done. Um, Foxy Brown, they became more fashion forward, partnering with some of the high end fashion houses and dressing them for videos. And you had the June Ambroses of the world, you know, bringing the fashion flair to the world, to the hip hop world. And so. I think women became a little bit more comfortable in their femininity, even though I feel like there was still a, a lot of misogyny that went on in hip hop and uh, some of the men still, you know, calling women the B word and objectifying women in videos. And it just all kind of started changing when you went into the 2000 decades. And so you saw more skin, 
if you will, in the videos and, and on stages and, and as the women evolve. But then you also had, you know, the Fuji's with Lauren Hill, which, you know, we all love what she represented. I think she she still represented a little bit of, of what we felt like, almost like women fighting the power, if you will, still being creative and, and true to themselves and then having to show all that skin. So like shout out to Lauren Hill and what she was able to do um, as a black woman. And I don't, I don't judge, I'm not, you know, the hip hop police and I'm not judging anyone that chose to go a different route, but I do feel like, you know, we went from being close to just pretty much not caring much at all. And so it definitely changed. And then now, even nowadays, like, you know, kudos to Cardi B, you know, Megan Thee Stallion, you know, folks like that. I also love Rhapsody because I think Rhapsody kind of represents some of the the old regime, if you will, of hip hop and the way women did it. But, you know, you, you have to do what's comfortable for you and your own skin. From an artist's perspective, that was different because it was an artistic expression for them to to feel comfortable and to take risks. So you saw more risk taking um, that came, you know, in the, in the, the next, you know, say 10 to 20 years in terms of fashion and, and how, you know, hip hop artists dress. And then now, like, you know, you got hip hop artists, female hip hop artists on the red carpet at the Met Gala. Like that just goes to show you how far hip hop has come. Like you, you know, back in the day at the Met Gala, you only saw actors and actresses and folks like that on the red carpet. But now because hip hop really controls all of the culture, all the big fashion houses, they want to be a part. They want the Cardi B's. They want the Megan Thee Stallions because, you know, these kids look up to them and they know what they mean. They know their value to the culture. And so you know, women are, have just become more comfortable in their skin and been able to embrace their sexuality more in a way that they're unapologetic about it. And so if that works for them, you know, God bless them. LL Cool J. I think the key for the females is they have to just stay creative and not fall victim to the pressures of the industry and society, just making them all do one thing. And, you know, I love when they do different things. I love to see, I love the diversity that's there. I love to see a, a Lauren Hill one day and a Missy Elliott another day. And then a Cardi B another day. I like the, I like the, the mix. I like the, when they, and a Queen Latifah the next day. But then an MC Light. You know what I mean? You know, like, I love the, that's the key to me with them. They just have to love one another, support one another, and create. And not feel like there's only one thing they can do. Because there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with being sexy. I'm, I'm first in line on some sexy. And I like to see it. I'm all with it. I'm with, I want all the smoke. You know what I mean? But at the same time, leave some room for other types of creativity and other forms of expression too, so that you don't limit yourself. It comes, you know, you're going to have to mature as an artist and you can't, you don't want to be a one trick pony. You know, I'm not going to be running around with my shirt off like I'm 30. It's not necessary. You know what I mean? And I could actually still take my shirt off. <laughs> I don't think people would be mad, but I'm just saying like, that's not, it's like you got to kind of evolve. You know what I'm saying? Somewhat. So I would just tell a young lady to give you a, make sure you have room. Give yourself room creatively. Don't paint yourself into a corner where you can only do one thing. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong. If you want to you twerk, you want to bust it open, that's what you want to do, that's what you aspire to do, by all means, do your thing. I'm just saying, make sure that, you know, just understand that there's other dimensions to your artistry and leave room for that as well. That would be my advice. Bun B, hip-hop legend and entrepreneur. 
Well, I mean, women have always kind of dictated where hip hop goes, right? Women are the one that choose who the male sex symbols are in hip hop, right? They're the ones that pre-form and buy the records and put the posters up on the wall and, and all of that. But then they also decide who they want as female representation in the culture. So they're the ones that also get to pick the Lauren Hills as well as the Cardi B's, right? So, but either way, you know, women, the women's voice has been heard, right? But now it's more about women actually being seen more, right? Not just behind the scenes. Because if you go to any hip hop venue or award show or any of that stuff, black women control production. They're the ones coordinating all of this stuff. But now they're, they're going from just their behind the scenes contributions and they're from the crowd contributions to actually understanding how to create spaces that are not only safe, but respective of female contribution, right? So you can be a Sukiana in this game if that's who you want to be. But we also got to be careful to protect the Sukiyanas in this industry. You know what I'm saying? So in the same way that, you know, we as men, we all want women, you know, you know, we get, you know, you stand too close to the front row, woman might grab, reach up and grab something, right? Let's say they have, but the vice vice gets too close to the front row and, and, and you know, somebody's going to try to grab something. So, you know, we just got to continuously work to make sure that, <clears throat> these spaces are safe for anybody that wants to be a hip-hop coach, right? People shouldn't be getting jumped and robbed and shot and stabbed and all that. But that women shouldn't also be groped and grabbed and, and like that, you know? But now that women understand how the situation works, they are in a better place now to make sure that the women that are on stage are who they want representing them. Because women buy more records than women you know, go on more polls and they do fake on social media more. So, and it, it, it's only right that now their voices from behind the scenes can be heard and their choices can be seen up front. You know, hip hop in a few years will, will, will not look as it always has looked. And I think that's for the better. I think everybody deserves to be a part of representing this culture as long as they don't represent something that hurts people, you know, bothers children or anything like that. I say, you know, let them have it. Let them have access to it. See what we get out of Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Women MCs continue to rule and have always had a strong influence in hip-hop music and the culture, going back to the very beginning. 50 years after hip-hop's birth, superstar artists today like 
Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, Megan Thee Stallion, and many other female MCs are dominating hip-hop. Dr. Joy. I love that we are seeing so many more women becoming kind of like the the key players in hip-hop because I think it is time for an evolution. And I think, again, women have always had something to say in any genre, right? And so I think it is just now that we are getting around to maybe having more women who are some of these kind of stakeholders. Um, But I think it makes things just much more interesting. And I think we get a variety of different sounds. We get a variety of different themes when there are more women and more diversity in the space altogether. So I'm really excited about what we are seeing in terms of like how the genre is growing and excited to see what you know the next 50 years looks like you know like what might the sound you know it feels like there's like these different regional shifts that happens as a part of hip-hop and all of that and so i'm really excited to see how um how the genre continues to grow even with the next 50 years kid capri grammy award-winning dj and producer you see the the females emerge in hip-hop you see so many different perspectives that were never even considered before dr joy I think representation is incredibly important just across fields, right? Across fields, across genres, because I think it is hard to imagine yourself as something if you don't see other people who also are already that, right? Like, it's really hard for me to chart a course to want to be the president of a label or whatever if I'm not seeing other people do that, because then it makes me think, well, you know, that must be really hard if nobody else, if I don't see anybody else who looks like me doing that thing. And so it makes that a little bit more difficult, I think, when you don't see yourself represented in any kind of field. And I think when we think about hip hop, you know, we have to think about like, that is something that young people aspire to be, right? Like they want to be maybe famous or they really enjoy making music or, you know, they really want to share their talents with the world. And I think it's hard to do that if they don't see themselves represented in the field. And so when I think about somebody like um, Van Van, who uh, have you seen like the, the videos of Van Van, the little girl rapper who talks about like nap time and, you know, like all this stuff, like who even knows, you know, if, if that'll be something she's interested in years from now. But, you know, I think it, it makes it easy for her to kind of look at somebody like a Rhapsody or, you know, Cardi or whoever and say like, oh, I can do that thing. Like I can make music or Lil Lele, um, that girl Lele, um, I think is also another rapper from Houston who is uh, also a Nickelodeon star. You know, so I think we see like young women who want to kind of take up this mantle and like are really, really good. Like Lele, I think, has a beautiful flow. Um, but I think it's harder for her to kind of advance if she doesn't see people doing those things already. Trust me, as somebody that was there in the beginning, rap's half-century run has been nothing short of phenomenal. From its start at a back-to-school jam, DJed and emceed by the one and only DJ Cool Herc, to the ladies now leading the game, and it's a whole lot of fresh women faces doing their thing. We gotta ask one question before this series is all over. Is hip-hop in good hands for the next 50 years? You ask me, I know it is. Shaheen Reed, music journalist. Is hip-hop in good hands for the next 50 years? Absolutely. It's in great hands for the next 50 years because not only do we have a new generation of artists, and I I think the people at at the top of the game right now as far as the new generation of artists are, are talented and they're rightfully stars. Like, you can't take none away from Drake. Drake is incredible. Kendrick is incredible. Cardi B when she, you know, her album, even though I think it's taking her a little too long to put out a second album, 
I can't get mad at her because she, she's married and she has kids and she, she's enjoying life. And that's what it is. You know, we, we can't forget that these people have lives in addition to being artists. So family comes first and, and she seems to be enjoying what, what, what she's doing as, as a mother and a wife. But what she did with, with, with her debut album, with every song off the record going platinum and helping all these awards, turning herself into an icon in the first album is incredible. And, you know, when, when she comes back with, with a new project, I, I think it's going to be successful. Travis Scott, you got to put him down. One of the best performers out there. He's definitely one of the best. I, I saw this guy hanging from a tree rapping his record at, at Made in America one year, man. Travis Scott is incredible. Future is one of those guys who has such a strong connection to the streets, but as well as the pop charts. Like these Future is, is one of those guys who can seamlessly be in both worlds and nobody thinks anything negative of it. Like he he could do the biggest pop song and not lose one ounce of street credibility. He could do the grimiest street record and these sponsors are still gonna be lining up to hear future please take our money. Dr. Joy. In the next 50 years of hip hop, I would like to see more experimenting with sound. And I would really like to see people um, kind of go back to being like true musicians. Um, because I think that we have gotten a lot with like auto-tune and like all these different like technology advances, which I think is fine. There's a place for that. But I think it feels hard to me to think about like, well, what are my kids going to say or like their old school jam, so to speak, in like 50 years, right? Like it feels hard to know if anything's really going to have staying power. Like some of the songs I think about of like my childhood or when I was a younger person. So I really like to see a return to musicianship as a part of hip hop's next 50. Bun B. I want to see more power in the hands of the artists, right? As media will continue to shift and change, um, the dynamics and how it's monetized will continually change. Artists now have more power than they've ever had. Artists can start a SoundCloud page or a YouTube page, present themselves to the world and monetize that and actually make money without you know, without a manager, even though management would help, a good manager would help, without a publicist, even though a publicist would help, a good publicist would help, and without a major record company backing them, outside, even though in certain situations that can help, you know, but the artists can make the direct connection to people that like their music, they can sell merchandise directly to them, look at people like Russ, who travel all over the country, pack out you know, arenas now and did that before he ever had any type of major situations with anyone. You know what I'm saying? So independent minded people that are willing to grind it out, they get out here and make some real money right now. They don't have to kiss their ass of any record company. They don't have to sign record deals that don't benefit them. Just make sure you got a good lawyer, a good manager and a good team behind you. And you'd be surprised how far you could go in this country. You don't need an expensive lawyer. You just need a lawyer that believes you. You don't need a famous manager. You just need a manager that believes you. You don't need a hundred people. You just need like four or five people that believe in you. You'd be surprised how far you could go. Shaheem Reed. We're going to continue to see the artistry, but I think the biggest thing is that we're going to continue to find ways to control our own destiny 
with our own labels and, and be our own executives. We're starting to see it now with with the streaming and how people could just upload the video to YouTube and get all this money. So we're going to continue to see people hold their own and, you know, be great executives as well. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very inspired by where hip hop is going. And I think that's where you got to be. Don Cannon, DJ, record producer, and music executive. Hip hop is in very good hands um, because it, it's an organ that keeps regenerating. You know what I'm saying? So if you think about Kendrick, if he only goes for another five years, his offspring is going to take it another 10, 12 years. J. Cole's offspring is going to take it another 10, 12 years. Drake's offspring, and it's going to keep going. Little Uzi's going to have offspring. Uh, it doesn't end with them. It doesn't end with Generation Now. Generation Now has an offspring of labels that's coming. It's just new artists coming in different forms. Now, will we see different sections of hip-hop through time? Yeah, we may go into a whole nother vibe, but it's still going to be hip-hop, and it's going to keep generating over and over again, and I think I think it's in great hands. Now, there's been some music that, you know, us as hip-hop cultural purists don't like, but it's still part of the culture, and we got to appreciate it. Hakeem Green, rapper and cannabis enthusiast. Hip-hop in the next 50 years could either be a big ball of confusion or it could be what anchors us. And it's predicated on us building systems that entrench the true values of hip-hop culture, which for me is peace, love, unity, safely having fun, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, culture, freedom, power, fire, me, quality, God, build, born, cipher. That's it. Like, that's, that's what hip-hop is about, is um, about human development using art and creativity and ingenuity to develop positive human beings through music, through art, through dance, through whatever it is. It's about building human character, human development at the end of the day. Everything else is just like the superficialness of it. You know, the music, not the music, but the, you know, records, the streams, the, you know, that's just this, what are we doing? Are we developing positive human beings? Because if not, we're not going to last long as hip-hop or as anything else. we got to develop positive human beings that are willing to invest in themselves and invest in their future to keep hip-hop alive for the years. Without question, as hip-hop moves forward into the next 50 years, having a solid understanding of how the internet works, SEO, which is search engine optimization, and also getting a handle on how to use AI effectively is going to be a big part as hip-hop moves forward. 50 more and another 50 after that without question. This episode has been executive produced by Dolly S. Bishop, hosted and produced by your boy, Fab Five Freddy, produced by Aaron A. King Howard, edit, mix, sound by Dwayne Crawford, music scoring by Trey Jones, talent booking by Nicole Spence.